This is the ADHD Fix: How to Achieve Your Potential, the podcast to help you use 15 proven strategies to discover the many gifts of ADHD. I'm Henry J. Svek, and for over 30 years, I helped others diagnose and treat ADHD. Now retired, I turn my attention back to those 15 strategies I use to help achieve my potential with ADHD. Learning what I did to help myself will help you achieve your success. ADHD is a gift. Let's get started. Welcome to my podcast, The ADHD Fix. This is about self-advocacy. How do you advocate for yourself? Well, this has been a, a, a sort of a topic I've worked on all my life. One of my first articles published were, was, I believe, the title was "The Role of the School Psychologist as Advocate," and it was published uh, in School Psychology International. It was a bit controversial. The reason I wrote it, and it's quite a good journal actually. The reason I wrote it is because I got a lousy grade in grad school. I was I did it for community psychology at Michigan State University, and and the grade range from I guess was zero to four point. And I got a three point on this thing. I thought this is nuts. This is a great article, so I sent it off and got it published. And just before I left Michigan State, I slipped it under the door of the uh, professor who uh, gave me the three point. Never responded. Never emailed. Never said anything, which is no surprise. But point of all that is, I understand how to advocate. And in the previous uh, podcast, we talk about, you know, emotional intelligence. If you go back a couple, and it's really important when we talk about advocacy because there's three types of advocacy you need to do. And I talked about it a little bit in the previous podcast, but this is where we really get into the meat and bones of this. The first is called positive advocacy. That means where you're standing up for your rights, and the other side across from you on the other side of the table loves the idea. So it's the school, it's your workplace, it's wherever it is. When you bring up the fact that you need some, say, modification in program, or you're advocating for a certain type of change, it could be environmental, it could be personal, whatever. But in this case, we're talking about ADHD, and getting the services you need in your environment. Positive advocacy means you get the outcome you need, which is the program you need, or the Uh, modification and work that you need, and the other side feels good about it. Neutral advocacy, you get the same result, but the other side's kind of like eh, it's okay, but we're not really happy, but we'll do it. But they're not complaining. Negative advocacy, which unfortunately becomes the mode in in many situations when you're dealing with government, because it's very hard to get anything done in some situations without negative advocacy, means you fight for what's necessary, keeping within the realms of law and social appropriate behavior, but you the other side's not happy with you. And and of course you have to. We talk about social emotional intelligence. You have to have the ability with ADHD, and I I believe just. With being an adult, to be able to function on all three of those scales, to fight for something and make the other side feel great, which is always your first choice, to make things neutral, and if you have to, on the third, and I'll give you an example of each. Let's assume for a moment yeah, you go to the school because your child has been diagnosed with ADHD and you need a modification in program. So you go to one of these school meetings. I've been to thousands in my career. And you know, usually they're in the morning. 
um, early. No one's happy to be there. I mean, I was always happy to be there on the phone. Near the end, I wouldn't even go. I'd just do it on the phone because many of them were were just uh, preliminary to negative advocacy. But the point of all that is, you know, you're gathering together and you're. let's assume that the student needs to have um, structure and notes provided ahead of time. Now, this was always a huge battle we had with schools, especially high schools. And the bottom line was most of the time people didn't have things prepared anyway, so there were no notes to give ahead of time. And, and that was the underlying problem we had. But nevertheless, we still went ahead and said we'd really need some structure ahead of time. Let's assume for a moment, magically, that is available. And, you know, rather than make that direct request, you say, you know, uh, Johnny's having trouble, you know, with notes and organizing. And when the teacher's talking and presenting the lecture, there's so many other distractors. I wonder if there's a way that we could sort of move away from some of that and so the resource teacher or even the teacher that would really blow me away says what if I gave him the notes ahead of time what if he got us and you go well that's great that's fantastic great solution thank you now you always wanted that but you got them to say it was their idea now of course you started the meeting with donuts you gotta love the now this is when Tim Hortons made their own I'm not sure where you would go to get donuts today that are that are not tasting like they're pre-frozen and could be a little bit of a punisher so find some good pastry. But anyway, long story short, they're happy. You're happy. They're happy. That's a positive advocacy strategy. You advocated for change. You got what you needed. They're happy. They think it's their, their idea. Wonderful. Neutral would be something like this. You go to the same meeting. They push back. You say, well, you know, what if we put in the... IP, individual plan, that this is one of the recommendations or the strategies that this student needs. Now, once you put it in the plan, it must happen, right? Let's assume that's the case. Now, today in many jurisdictions, that's not the case, but let's assume that's the case. So they reluctantly agree and they put it in the plan then, of course, the next question is, are they going to implement the plan? Because once you start moving away from positive strategies, the likelihood of it happening are diminished significantly in a school system, unless there's some form of oversight, a bureaucratic punishment, or some way to get people to do things. But let's assume uh, that the idea of getting notes ahead of time and providing that type of structure is not their idea, it's your idea, and it's now written up in an IP plan, they're not going to be real happy. They're not going to hate you, but they're not going to really be upset with you. Now, the third is more of an aggressive strategy. You show up at the meeting. You go through all the steps trying to do a positive strategy. You don't get anywhere. You try to do negative. You don't get anywhere. And then you pull a letter out written by Dr. Sveck that says, under the Education Act and blah, 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 this student's diagnosis is blah, 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 and you are required to do the following, blah, blah, blah. And you CC the, um, without, you know, getting into too many details, of course, you, you, you present it and the parent gives consent and you, you indicate that this needs to happen, needs to happen this week as far as writing up a plan, implementing a plan, or else it'll go up the chain. That's more aggressive, more assertive, and certainly more negative. Now, they might even push back then, right? They might say, well, forget, forget that. Well, then there's other strategies you can 
utilize, and the highest form of assertiveness on the negative side would be to use an attorney. Now, I forever have felt that the issue of bullying could be stopped immediately if people used a, a negative uh, strategy, advocacy strategy. Let me tell you what that would be. So if, if a parent continues to go to school because their child's being bullied, I would, depending on the age of the child, empower the child to learn the legal system, to learn about small claims court, to approach different lawyers who may take on a case, and I would litigate the school, the principal, the child, and the family of the child doing the bullying, each for $30,000. Now, I think that adds up to $150,000, $230,000 per. Find, find a lawyer to do that. Now, that's just an example of an um, advocacy response to bullying. I would do the school board. I would do the, you know, I would just, just do as many people as possible. And if you couldn't find a legal person, you can file, a, a child can file a small claims court uh, document for, I think, free. And I'd make sure the press knew about it. And I would, I would look for financial compensation. And if I got the financial compensation, I might hire a rent-a-cop to come with me at recess. Hang out with me at recess. We're my rent-a-cop guy over here that's helping me out. From the funds you gave me because you can't protect my kid at recess. Whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm getting sort of crazy here. But I think you kind of know where we're going. And I think the empowerment, when children learn that they, and adults, when we learn that there's recourse... And I engage, I'll, I'll tell you about advocacy right now. I'm engaged in a number of advocacy issues right now, currently as an adult. And I follow this plan all of the time. Unfortunately, I'm at the point with some of them where they're negative. Um, and, and it's interesting, sometimes you can start with negative and push it down to neutral or even positive. And, and I'm hoping that will happen in a, in a recent uh, environmental restoration challenge we're having with what we call the weed police. And I'll tell you this very quickly. The weed police are a group of people that are assigned the task of going out and forcing people to cut certain wildflowers or plants that are on a list arbitrarily created uh, with lobbying from agriculture and from pesticide companies that they are noxious, dangerous, and should be removed at all costs. Now, when you're doing a uh, natural ecological restoration and you're bringing a piece of land back to nature, you're going to have different plants show up because nature's like that. And so right now we're in the middle of that kind of a battle where I had to hire an attorney, incredible attorney. And as soon as I did that, they suddenly got a little more flexible. And I think we're going to come up with a solution. Now, I don't know. We may still end up in court and they know that that's still a possibility. And I think that may motivate some more behavior that's more in that neutral to positive way, which I think we always want to be in. But you have to have the ability to engage in the negative advocacy strategy should that be required. You can't continually go through uh, an advocacy situation and not know that someday you may need to use those strategies. Always within the law, and generally it requires a really good attorney. And I have to tell you, the best attorney you can hire usually means a, a good result, at least has in my case. So that's one situation. There are a couple other situations I'm advocating for on a municipal level. There's some injustice and there's ways and strategies I've used to take up a limited amount of time, but still to advocate. And unfortunately, those are all on a, um, a negative advocacy strategy because sometimes you're dealing with unethical, corrupt politicians 
or systems that need that kind of intervention. So that's my summary on advocacy. At all cases, you want positive. Because when we all leave, if it's a child, when we leave that school meeting, that child's alone in that school. And if it's a positive strategy you've utilized, it's highly likely it'll be implemented and they won't take it out in your, on your child. But sometimes, if we're moving from neutral to negative strategies, things start to happen that aren't in the best interest of the child. And it's the same in the workplace. If you start threatening employers with litigation, the chances are you're not going to be working there. It's going to be very difficult to work in that environment unless you're leaving and then litigation becomes something or advocacy becomes something to human rights that happens when you're no longer in that environment. And you're not going to get the outcome you want other than perhaps some way some systematic change. So please, advocacy is another extremely important skill that you need to learn yourself or teach your child, which will help you not only when you're faced with those situations, but build your self-esteem and self-confidence knowing you have the tools to take this on when it's thrown at you. I'm Dr. Henry Sveck for the ADHD Fix. Look forward to speaking with you again next time. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. Assessing ADHD requires more than a five-minute office visit. The experienced, multidisciplinary team at OSR Clinics will walk with you and your family through the comprehensive assessment and diagnosis process and will be by your side when it comes to implementation of strategies and advocacy for your child. Visit osrclinics.com to book your free info session today. That's osrclinics.com.